Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 97, episode 2 of Dear Daily Science Guys! Yeah! A production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially, off the top, hey, fuck Coke Industries and fuck Fox uh, News. Oh, fuck you. Fuck them both. It's Tuesday, August 27th, 2019. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Thus Quote Zarathustra by Free Jack Nietzsche, The Republic by Plato O'Brien, The Fresh Prince by Nicola Giacchiavelli, on the Coal Gas Contract by Jean-Jacques Rousseau Bryan. Uh, whatever, those courtesy of Trike Gang. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. When I'm over Italy, I ain't even gotta speak. I'm a ball podcast, a goddamn motherfucker, and I got ED. How you rolling your bloods? Like that you get shot? Okay, that's just a taste of a verse. Could have gone the whole way, but I did it because my heart would have exploded. Because you can only you can only dabble with Missy Elliott verses so much before the energy can return to you and destroy you. Yeah, your brain was or your face was like getting real red. I not a lot of oxygen. If you could have seen, if there was a way to show you what I was seeing through my eyes, you wouldn't have believed it. (laughs) I blacked out. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you that. to uh, Anna Claire Hodge at Anna Claire Hodge for that uh, Missy Elliott gossip folks inspired AKA. Uh, and shout out to you also for telling your friend to look out for us at Podcast Movement uh, and came up to Jack and I. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember? And I was like, Oh, he's uh, your friend's not a fan of Jack. Oh right. <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you, you just had to, <laughs> had to slide that encounter in there, didn't you, Miles? Yeah. Well, I think it made it more awkward for him. Yeah. He was like, oh, no. Uh, oh, there's hit, a Jack on the show? Let oh, me text she her. never mentioned him. Never mind. Uh, anyways, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Kimia Bepornia. There you go. Oh. Hey. What's up? Wow. Kimia Bepornia, a.k.a. Get it right. Kimia Bepornia. 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 Yeah, you totally. Go. There you go. Oh, you added some spice on there with that. Yeah. Like I, d- cool. I did my best. There you go. Just try it, you know, every day. Hell yeah. Every day in every way. He's <laughs> feeling stronger and stronger. That's How are you? I am good, thank you so much. That was very enthusiastic. Yeah, that was enthusiastic. I, was I like it. it. Yeah, man. Did you drink coffee? I do, but guess what? Today, I had um, in three sips. Oh, wow. And that's it. Okay. Is that what I should do That's all you need? On? I don't know. I hey, guess. Yeah. This Seems energy, like a good balance. This energy you got, I'm, you should bottle that up. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you and New welcome. New morning routine, I guess. Three sips, toss the rest of the pot out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why does she always make a full pot? <laughs> and toss it. It's the it's the act. You know, yeah. the act of Over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kimmy, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about today. Uh, we are going to take a look at a brief history of nuking hurricanes, that idea, where it comes from, why it's probably not a good idea. We're going to talk about uh, the week of Popeyes. Last week was... Big week for big Popeyes. Week. Big bucks. We're going to look at uh, the president's take on climate change that he revealed at the G7 uh, summit. We're going to talk about Amazon's quality control issues. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal came out with an article uh, over the weekend that was kind of timed exactly right for me personally. I'll explain uh, mm. why. We're going to talk about Hasbro uh, because... In addition to making a socialist monopoly, they are 
now the proud owners of Death Row Records. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about Andrew Luck retiring. All sorts of shit. Uh, but first, Kimmy, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? One of my last Googles was uh, uh, chicken hypnotizing. You guys know about this? No. You can you know about yeah. this. Jack knows about this. You can hypnotize a chicken. I truly don't know what this is for, but you just lay the chicken close to the ground and then you draw a line. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a real line. You draw a line with your fingers in front yeah. of the chicken's face, and then you just like is in a trance. Yeah. What do you draw there. a line in front you of? Draw its face. Yeah. You just use your fingers from his face. Yeah. Outward. Like just rub a chicken's face? No. No. You no. Start just at move his your face. hands. And you move his, yeah, you move you just, your hands oh, in front. Oh, by merely just visually yes. moving, your, moving hand your hand away. Up, and uh-huh. you can hypnotize a fucking chicken? Yeah, and then it'll just sit there, not move, just in a trance. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, how, how did you f- okay, uh, come into contact I was with watching this? this show called Dream Vet uh, <laughs> because I ha- I am one of the few people that has CBS All Access. I, oh, hell yeah. Yep, 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 that yep. person that works on a Brag. bunch of sick Corvettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird oh, flex. Weird Corvettes it's and my, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, like a veterinarian? No, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm thinking yeah, like yeah. a vet. No, dude, like no, no, a no, sick no. ass vet. Um, thank you for Miles noticing my always, flex. <laughs> Miles is always thinking about muscle cars. That's sure. Just, yeah. yeah. Dude, the Stingray. Every time sick we talk about car. Iraq, uh, <laughs> the he's he thinks it's about the car. The <laughs> what? An Iraq? Yeah, the Iraq Z. Dude, it's all about the Z, dude. <laughs> Z boys in the building. Sure. Okay, I'm sorry. So you're watching no, Dream Vet? No, yes, I watch Dream Vet. Is Dream Vet? Do they analyze? Animals' dreams? No, I wish. Uh, That'd be fuck. a way cooler We're show. all constantly derailing. <laughs> hey, listen, it's just a vet show. It? Okay. It's a vet show. Right, okay, right, some right. guy had his chicken in there because the his pet is a chicken, and uh-huh. he was worried because the chicken had a lump, and then uh, uh. they were like, oh, we'll take some x-rays, and then the guy who owns the chicken was like, oh, do you have to put my chicken under and then the vet was like no yeah. we'll just hypnotize him and i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. They're like under what? a spell yeah right. and that's when i was like is this a thing because they just wow. he just drew that line and, and then, then that how long there. is the chicken until you tip him over he'll just like be in it's like oh wow. i looked it up uh, on okay. google it says anywhere from 30 seconds to 30 minutes or something they wow. that's a big window be, yeah depending on how fucked up the chicken is before um yeah Wow. <laughs> Wait, Jack, how did you know about it? Because you were like, mm-hmm, yep, yep. Yeah, dude. I oh, just man. saw how quickly you were on. Well, I know you know, you know what a I lot. used to do for a living. That's yep. A, the, this is right up our alley uh, at Cracked. Yeah, you used to <laughs> clip true. the wings off chickens and sell them by the roadside. That's right. Exactly. Uh, wait. Oh, this is just p- purely out of like articles on like cool stuff to do. Yeah. To wait, farm animals. Yeah, animal hacks. I think Robert Brockway wrote it actually. Animal hacks. Ago. Wow. Animal hacks. Bro. I'll tell you it was an animal hack. That fucking Taco Bell dog. Damn. Yeah. Fucking hack that hey, one. Hey, rest in peace. Yeah. R.I.P. Wow. Too soon. Um, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> yeah. That, that, there's also what, one of the things we learned about chickens is that they're nervous system is such that it, like not a lot of it is in their head so they can live with their head chopped off for a long time oh right that's why they can still be oh, running yeah. around yeah I've but seen like that. they can live for like months without their head oh that is i don't know wait what and no just way, this dude, dude was putting a dropper of food in the like neck, neck hole of a in the neck hole of a chicken oh i have heard that <laughs> yeah oh, wow tight cool so. That is super tight. <laughs> this is this sounds like a podcast I would have loved when I was thirteen. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, right. Fuck yeah, dude! Wait till I go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? Uh, I think the Getty is overrated. Oh, yeah, fuck the wow. Getty. Wow. Yeah, Which man. one? 
the well the villa's cool i like the vi- it. yeah I was about it's to say, outdoors yeah. and you can enjoy the views the getty getty the one the getty, yep. you know the big one and the sepulveda pass yeah that's right that has like its own firefighting mechanisms built into oh, it oh yeah yeah man i don't know i just i grew up here in la so i've been to the getty like a lot of times mm. and truly every time i go i'm like this is gonna be cool i'm gonna have a great time looking at the art and feel very cultured and smart and then I get there, and it's and I can only be there for ten minutes. I get truly bored. Nothing is that cool to look at. It's so wild. Wow, what's in the what's on the show right now? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, ah, no, I just was no. like, no, man, the Getty. I've tried it too many times. It's one of those things where it's like you have to take everybody who's in town to like check yeah. it out. Because then sometimes, because you can like drink wine up there. Oh, you know what I mean, I think you can. You no, can, it's like a restaurant. You yeah, can well, no, there. I think you can like. And I might have Walk been. Around I might have done this no ratchet way. with my family, but like walk around with a flask. Yeah, but like put a little picnic down, you know, like right. on, a, on, a, oh, on the side there and turn up thing. on your own with a little bit, little bit of wine. Um, but yeah, I think the there is something like I after it opened in '97, I remember there was like such a huge wait to get in. Like it was it was built up for years because the parking was so hard to figure out. It's like in the middle of the Sepulveda Pass, you had to take a tram up. Yeah. It was just like, oh my God, have you seen this? Have you heard tell of this Getty? Right. And then you go and you're like, oh, dope. Yeah. And then it begins to wear off a little bit. But the villa, I really like. The villa's great. That is not overrated. Yeah. Well, also at the Getty, it's like they have all of the the hot stuff on the website. So with the exhibits, you could just like look at a pic of it online. You don't right. need to go up to the Getty. I mean, yeah. They say that about uh, Picasso's Guernica. I mean, yes. Just, just, <laughs> just take, check it out online. Just check it out online. You don't need to see this massive piece overwhelming you as a commenter in the Come Spanish on. Civil War. I'm just sure pic- the Guernica, which I have not seen check in out person, a PNG. is probably more impressive in person. But like the Mona Lisa Less impressive. Teeny it's smaller tiny. than you think it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, they need to update art museums for like lit millennials. Dude. Exactly. Yeah. Just make like, a window that people can just like look through real quick. A filter. Yeah. Got it. That's it. Got <laughs> it. Sort of Thank like you. Uh, you know when I was in um, Florence, Italy, oh, actually, geez. home of the David statue. <laughs> I did not have time to actually wait for this, uh, and I thought about paying for it. Where was I? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. The what I will say about museums in LA, though, the Huntington Library Gardens. This I like. Tremendously underrated. Yeah. And I know I'm not the guest right now, but I just want to say that because I, it's expensive. Look, I'm thinking about getting the pass because what a fucking treat for Where your is eyes it? up near Pasadena. Yeah. Mm. And they have so many different styles of garden. The Asian gardens. Woo! Yes, they also have the stinkiest plant. Oh, they have the stink yeah, flower? they have the stink flower that, like, there. opens up. Wait, I, what? I know about that yeah, from yeah, yeah. the Dennis the Menace movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, what? There's Woo. this plant that smells so bad when it blooms. It's like a garbage blooms. plant. Yeah. yeah. It and probably, like, what? uses it to attract, like, flies maybe or something. It must be. Yeah. Everything's evolutionary, right? Right. Yeah. Well, where in the gardens is it? Uh, I don't know which section of the gardens it's in. Fuck. I but... feel like I'm, I go there, not a lot, but. I feel like I'm I'm doing myself a disservice by not yeah. trying to embrace the stinkiest fucking flower. It probably flower. blends in all times of the year that it's not in bloom. Like they yeah. do. They but part of me out. just wants to mainline that shit. And yeah, just man. Know yeah. How disgusting it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love terrible smells, guys. Okay. Th- yeah. Things you don't know about me. Okay. The uh, it's mm-hmm. in the I just Old looked it up. Trash the, sniffy is what the they stank me. ass section of the. <laughs> oh of yeah. The museum. Oh, yeah. so that's by the desert right. section. Got <laughs> right. it. Yeah, right. man. Yeah. You should know. 
Yeah, I'm there yeah. all the time. Well, he said he likes a stinky plant. Yeah, but I didn't oh, know. I'm, I didn't realize I could scratch that itch there. We're going to cut that out, and it's just going to sound like you just said Miles stinks. Damn it. Damn, you stink, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated besides Miles' Huntington uh, libraries? Check it out, man. Oh, you know, pupusas. Hey. Pupusas. Yeah, man, guys, people aren't hyping pupusas enough. A mí me gustan las pupusas. Okay. Con curtido y salsa de tomate. Are you waiting for music? Is not coming. Yo, that was just a track somebody put <laughs> yes. me onto. I didn't know there was songs about pupusas. What? I uh, didn't yes, know that. Yes, that's a legit one. That's not me just going off the top. Yeah. Uh, that's about, I think that's from a Salvadorian group. Okay. Maybe um, I'm wrong and pupusas are hype, but I feel like everyone here talks like taco trucks, but we need to go, you need to go pupusa. Yeah. Um, Filling. They're delicious. Woo! Ooh, and you get to put stuff on top. You get to customize your little pupusa. Yeah. You get that slaw. I always get uh, it's the curtido, you know? Okay. I yeah. always ask for extra. Uh, you should go to Atlaclat on um, Beverly, I believe. Ooh. Uh, yo, the the ensalada drink. Do you ever drink that? No, man. What? It's just a bunch of chopped up fruit juice. It's like a bunch of chopped up fruit. Ooh, it's in like a like fruit s- salad Yes, juice? in a cup, though, Ooh. and it should be sweet as fuck. And then by the end, you're just chewing a bunch of fruit, and it's okay. delicious. Yes. Uh, yeah. Now, to me, an outsider, the pupusa looks like a, uh, what's the soft Taco Bell uh, flatbread chal- thing? Oh, a chalupa? The chalupi? Gordita. gordita. A gordita. gordita it looks paper. like a gordita with gordita a coleslaw tree? on top. Tell me tell me what it is. Okay. It's like, um, you know, it's a tortilla, and it's filled inside. It's basically like maybe like a Mexican calzone. It's like, mm. Yeah, it's like masa, but then you put, you could put, uh, if you get re- revueltas, you know, that's like you get pork, cheese, and bean in there. Yeah. Or you can get it. With just cheese. Yeah, you can get it with cactus. You can get it with Mm -hmm. loroco. You know, there's many styles to the pupusa. Yeah. Mm. Uh, But the thing that I will say is the curtido, which is the cabbage slaw that you put on top, Mm -hmm. I fucking go ham with that shit. So it feels like I'm actually getting like a vegetable meal. Yes. Even though I'm just mainlining a bunch of starch and fried But you go ham with all accompanying vegetables. What's the thing? Like anytime there's a sandwich that comes with like... Oh, like a jardinera or something? A jardinera, yeah. Like extra jardinera. Give me get that extra jard on there. I was actually... A nickname you had, I noticed. Somebody Extra Jard. Like, Yo, Jard. <laughs> Jard, what's up? <laughs> you know what it is. Uh, Kimmy, what's a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Uh, oh, well, I guess this this isn't a true false, but I did want to tell you guys about this. You see those Shen Yun posters all around town? Shen Yun. We were talking They're about like, this. Oh, yeah, so you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go on. Okay, so Shen Yun, it's like this big dance performance, like an Asian cultural dance performance, and they have billboards literally everywhere, and they have posters in every restaurant you can ever go to. And I was like, God, this the budget for Shen Yun is wild. What even is this dance performance? Guys, it's, it's secretly a Chinese cult that is like banned from China. Wait that... a second. We were just talking about how great the show is. Oh. What's it? No. <laughs> you got God. Falun Gong. Right. Well, see, I was, Falun so Gong, we were talking, yeah. I was realizing that the cult label is thrown around a lot by the Chinese government. Yes. But bec- because they're not really, they don't really have any documented instances of like violence or coercion. Sure. It is, but I get, it is a very odd, their thinking is very problematic. No, they're like, like they're, Scientology of China. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because they're just so, like harsh anti-communists, yes. which is why the Chinese government's like, get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. Um, but also why they are big supporters of Donald Trump. Oh. Because they're like, God sent him to take down China. Yeah. And then so it's interesting, you know, maybe we'll see Trump at a Shen Yun 
oh, uh, man. performance soon. Well, I also checked out some Yelp reviews on Shen Yun, and those are pretty funny because they're like, wow, the dancing was beautiful. And then I think there was a lot of propaganda speech <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like well, because really like, like the dance, I think, is sort of an illustration of like their oppression, essentially. It is. It's all about like if you pray, then you will be cured of everything. So there's this like dance where there's a blind guy, and then he prays enough in a dancerly way, and then his sight returns. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah, is that true? Does that happen? I, I better read pray. it. Pray. I read it. You better pray. Yeah, I mean, man. We got to pray just, just to, to make it today. <laughs> oh, yes, we pray. Pray. Uh, MC Hammer. Yes. Cool. Uh, all right, <laughs> <World>. guys. <laughs> Sorry. Cool. cool. Yo, side side note, uh, my dad was a tour photographer on the MC Hammer Pepsi World Tour 1992 or 91. I still have the backstage laminate. I wore oh, that wow. shit to school. Yeah. I was like, guess what? If there was a show, I could go backstage if I was my dad. Was that the one that started, <laughs> that started out with uh, Vanilla Ice opening for him? And I then... don't know. My dad said I was too young to go to see the show. Oh, okay. Because the... I, I, I went to that tour when it came through uh, UD Arena. What's UD Arena? University of Dayton uh, Arena. I, I, it has a name that I'm forgetting. <sighs> oh, boy. Uh, Dayton's Zeit Gang, let us know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was a great show, and En Vogue opened for him. So En enough. Vogue and uh, Mr. Vanilla Ice. Ice was supposed to open for him, but pulled out. Is, is the rumor? Oh, so that they st- stopped being cool. Damn, that must have hurt for you, huh? It did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I, like, hey, representation two and matters, one? man. Come on, I know. That's right. <laughs> Uh, You're like, I don't feel seen at the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you wearing cross colors and shit back then? No, it Not was yet. pre-cross colors. It was like when I was wearing MC Hammer pants and like- uh, uh, And a silk shirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a hyper color shirt. Nice. Yeah. And an eracism hat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Those are all things. Kangle. I used to get all my fashion cues from the end of In Living Color. When they all the cast was at the back, we're like, thanks so much. We had a great oh, yeah, show. Yeah, and whatever yeah. Keenan Ivory Wayans was wearing, I'm like, okay, I need a leopard skin, oh. silk shirt, <laughs> and an eracism hat. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, nuking hurricanes. This is in the news because our president uh, is apparently suggesting it behind the scenes yeah. in meetings uh, when a hurricane is coming, developing in the Atlantic. Multiple sources. It makes sense. You know, I said, yeah. Blow, bl- just fucking blow yeah. it up. You There's know, a big thing coming at you. Blow yeah. it the blow fuck it up. up. Now, I just, in all fairness, we should just say, you know, as before we really get into this piece, that Donald Trump denies he ever said anything like this. The usual. Okay. So no matter how stupid it sounds, no matter how asinine this idea seems to be, just know that is the fake news media. I never said anything like this, even though there are NSC notes right. that document this. So. The first one, a hurricane briefing. Trump said, oh, God, this is where it kills me, the way these quotes are. <laughs> Trump said, this is, a, this is a quote. I got it. I got it. Why don't we nuke them? <laughs> they start forming off the coast of Africa. As they're moving across the Atlantic, we drop a bomb inside the eye of the hurricane, and it disrupts it. Why yeah. can't we do that? Why, why not? Indeed. Uh, well, then the briefer, who was even the one uh, presenting this information to the president, they say, quote, was knocked back on his heels. Uh, quote, you could hear a gnat fart in that meeting. People were astonished. After the meeting ended, we thought, what the fuck? What do we do with this? Now, I think that is obviously a little bit of hyperbole because no Wait. one could actually hear a gnat fart. Yeah. I've tried to hear a gnat fart. This is from Axios? Yeah, who's, um... mm-hmm. who's our source here? 
just someone a, in the an NSC, anonymous probably. source who or, speaks very vividly. Yeah, I think that's someone who that sounds like the thing where you're like sick of your job, so you're gonna be real spicy and you're right. like, I'll give you a quote, dude. It was so fucking quiet in there. Right. Fucking hear a gnat fart. Yeah. yeah. Just spend a lot of time writing. All right, I gotta get back to vaping. Detailed emails. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, again, this was just one of those things where a lot of there's like a balance in the room of people who have to be like, "Fuck no, dude," to the president, and also be like the people who have like learned to elegantly just like spin off these ideas. I'm like, that is an interesting idea. Right. Interesting. Sure. Thank you for uh, raising that. The creepiest kid in your like kindergarten class who's like, "Oh, if you guys had caught a butterfly and took it home, what would you want to do?" And he's like, "Squish it." And you're like, "That's a great idea, (laughs) Bill. So interesting. So good. But what if you, you know, fed it and watched it instead? Squish it. Squish it. Squish it. (laughs) Smash it. Clap it. Let's clap it. Where I put it in my hands and I start clapping. Mm -hmm. Okay, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) So not only is this a a bad idea, (laughs) yes, um, because you 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 generally want those uh, nuclear bombs when you're dropping them to not blow completely off target. That's just one of the reasons. But well, unless you use a submarine, right? And you launch it from below. That's true. <laughs> then you're not um, dealing with the wind. I guess I I guess I'm the one who's wrong then. That's why I'm the president, Jackie boy. But this isn't even a original idea. No. Um, it's not even an original bad idea. The head of the U.S. Weather Bureau uh, said. In 1961, he could imagine the possibility someday of exploding a nuclear bomb on a hurricane far at sea. Uh, See, and that's that was the beginning. That was the beginning. So just creating that idea for whatever reason, just putting that out there, like caught in people's minds, because then uh, there was a hurricane coming for Texas, and uh, Texans in an op-ed were wondering... Could Hurricane Carla have been broken up or greatly modified or its course turned back to sea by nuclear bombs, asked an editorial in the Longview Daily News. So that was also in the 50s or 60s. And then a meteorologist named Jack Reed pitched it at the Plowshare Symposium in 1959. Now, it's important to note that uh, people thought dropping like nuclear weapons was going to just be a thing we did all the time. I mean, like, it, it was, ended a world war. Right. So why can't we, why <laughs> they, can't we just do this for others? Sure. They thought it was going to be the new dynamite. Uh, and so he suggested uh, that this was used as a way to alter the course of hurricanes uh, in the same symposium where people suggested uh, nuking our way through Panama for the canal, for uh-huh. the Panama Canal. Uh, blowing up a chunk of land in Alaska to create an instant harbor using nuclear weapons. That's so. great. That's great. You know, great. These are all great ideas for because it's funny. The whole plowshare thing was just sort of like, how can we use our our nuclear arsenal for good? Right. <laughs> These are the fucking ideas. No, are terrible. Like, let's just try and blow up half a continent. Let's just carve out chunks of land. The thing that you know everyone points to. This is such a constant myth that um, the NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they on their fucking government website have like a tropical cyclone myths page where they instantly like, don't even think you can bomb one of these. <laughs> right. fuck- that just doesn't work. Oh my gosh. Partially A, uh, you don't want to just like throw a bunch of radioactive fucking waste or material into a f- basically a gigantic wind machine. Yeah. Because you're just all, all that fallout. You is- think that would get out? I don't know, maybe. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I think that's an engine of wind and rain. Yeah, soak a towel in gasoline near a fire. 
Right. And then start whipping that fucker around near it. And you tell me if that seems like a good idea. Yeah. And then on top of that also, there's a huge energy factor to consider also. Because a hurricane isn't just some fucking, it's not just all wet and water, you know. There's fucking massive amounts of energy being released. Quote, the heat release from a hurricane is equivalent to a 10 megaton nuclear bomb exploding every 20 minutes. Right. Oh, yeah. So you will need a lot of big nuclear bang bangs. Just all of them. Just because when drop you drop them all. Well, because just to displace all that air and heat, like it's just, it's not so simple. At the same time, though, that would be so satisfying. Get back at those fucking hurricanes. Just those oh, hell sticking yeah. it to yeah. us, making us look like idiots Damn. this whole time, you know? Oh. Um, I just that's right. I'm on YouTube right now watching hurricanes getting pwned by bombs hell compilations. Yeah. We should do a segment on the show where we look for other stupid ideas that Trump is probably gonna pick up on because he's basically like a radio antenna for dumb ideas. Like if it's that, convenient. Yeah, if it's convenient and it's just like out there and it's like circulating. Do you think with the power of this show we could even seed an idea, incept mm. him from the like create like if it's a thing where you get the entire Zeitgang in on to amplify like a fake news story, get it to the actual, like get conservative media to be like, have you heard about this thing? Because it happens. All right. media is susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually wait a year or something. Trump gets this new idea. Because look, this one makes sense because we have hurricanes rather than saying, well, are our unpredictable weather patterns part and parcel of climate change? Or is it just that we don't know how to bomb these fucking things? Right. We have not tried bombing them yet. And that's so we what just needs need another big issue that's on Trump's, you know, menu of yeah. things he'll never solve. Right. And create something that's convenient yet seemingly logical. Right. Just like solution. look on at the Yahoo answers like example of like right. how the very first first thought, best thought of like how to solve something. Right. And uh that's like that's, if you go on Quora and right. say yeah. How do we stop Kim Jong Un? Right, <laughs> and then take whatever that first answer. Is. Yeah. Get past all the Some nuanced racist answer. Yeah, get sure. past the nuanced stuff. It's like, you know, he 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 wants basketball. Right, he wants to see Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Bill Cartwright, B.J. Armstrong, very specific Bulls team to play. Michael Jordan assassin. Oh, Michael Jordan is an assassin. First of all, we know that from his career. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, okay. Like he about? has the heart of an assassin. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I thought we were starting like, to speculate whoa. on somebody's passing. I thought this was the rumor. <laughs> no, because we know we have theories on that too. Yeah, uh, but maybe. That's no, what... but then he see that's where it's too. We'll like... have to work on that. We can't come up yeah. with it on the. On we the can't fly. save the world because in it's, one. Podcast. Again, it doesn't need to be our idea. Like none of Trump's bad ideas are original ideas. He's right. Like, what he did between when he ran for president and it was like a blip and then actually won the presidency was he spent eight years just listening, like ingesting all the talk radio and just like took it all in until all his instincts were just to tell people who listen to talk conservative talk radio what they want to hear. <sighs> Fuck, I Man. bet we could get Rush Limbaugh to fucking pick up on something. <laughs> I just feel yeah. it. We just... can save hurricanes. Did you guys see this? It was like season, first few seasons of Shark Tank. Some dude like pitched a machine that uh, is like makes its own hurricane because hurricanes leave behind gold. So he was like, if you just bottle up a hurricane, all of the wind and the energy and all of that will result in like panfuls of gold <laughs> in the end. So if you just like bottle up that hurricane, gold will be left over. 
Oh. No so one. hurricanes are worth it because of they... all the gold. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> loves gold, so don't nuke him. Yeah, Save go that on. Gold. Save the hurricane, dude. Those shark. None of the sharks. <laughs> this is how we'll do that. it. This is how we're gonna pay for the wall. <laughs> Bottle the hurricanes up. Get the gold. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound that crazy in uh, that voice. Ah, fuck. We gotta find this guy. <laughs> yeah. Get him to do a radio tour. Yeah. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Brief recap of last week's news. Uh, the only story that I remember uh, is that Popeye's brought out a chicken sandwich. Uh, we, we tasted it. It was good. It destroys Chick-fil-A. It's the Chick-fil-A killer. And yeah, somebody is estimating that that just bringing that sandwich out was worth about $23 million in advertising. Yeah. Just like the way that people responded, what they what they call twenty three million dollars in equivalent ad value across digital print, social, just for all those mentions in those eleven days since August twelfth when it launched. It's such a cynical way of viewing it. It's like, man, do, putting out an actually good product really gave them great market equity. It's like, yeah, well, it's one of those well, things. They just did a good one. <laughs> they did a good one. Yeah. Well, I think you know they also said. Like they they were also comparing it to like this David and Goliath situation because it started with Chick Fil A putting a post out and then like uh, Papa was like oh y'all y'all mad or like y'all worried or something right and then it created all these people to defend Popeyes and the mentions and starting retweets and all these other things and it's funny like in this dry article they're like you know and, and was very a vibrant conversation on Black Twitter oh, also boy. yes true. But I think there's a lot of things about this sandwich that's being left out of these articles a lot. There's a couple things that I think aside from just obviously things happening on Twitter because other articles are like, this is probably going to be a blueprint for other brands. Because like oh my they, they're taking it as like they stepped to Chick-fil-A and then people were like ended up actually liking Popeye's better. And that's why this was so genius. There's a few things like I think, A, on the Internet, there is already a very defined segment of consumers who have issues with Chick-fil-A and the causes they give to. Not Obviously, the company itself has ceased giving donations, but they have the Chick-fil-A Foundation that gives to charities um, and certain groups that are just unequivocally against anything LGBTQ. And like very much into the idea that like, you know, any, any like gay people are an entire abomination to Christ and everything like that. So, yes, I think there's a lot of people who were who desperately wanted a solution to I like chicken sandwiches sure. and I don't like thinking that I'm actually giving directly to causes that I that I don't sit with. Yeah, me. that don't think I should exist. Right. Yeah. And I but not that that was the biggest thing, but I think that's one metric that caused a lot of people, especially you see like on comedy Twitter that was sort of like a sigh of relief for people like, oh, thank God I can have a chicken sandwich and <laughs> right. it's not this other thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other part is, too, on black Twitter, especially the Jay-Z NFL deal had just been the biggest thing from the week prior to that. Right. And there was a lot of energy. I think a lot of people I was very much like, oh, fuck, like these are the need this, to win. This is the good guy, bad guy thing right. I'm, I'm dealing with right now. And the Popeye's Chick-fil-A thing immediately was just like, no, 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 let's fucking, let's talk about right. this. Because <laughs> trying to figure out whether or not Sean Carter is doing the right thing by Colin Kaepernick or these people who are actually uh, in the streets trying to right. bring awareness to police violence. Um, you know, we're still not sure if that's what he was trying to do or if he was getting a big ass check that made people feel sick and we got a distraction. 
But that's my two cents. One thing is for certain, everywhere across this town, across New York City, San Francisco, there are executives talking today about how how we are going to launch your Popeye's chicken sandwich experience. Right, exactly. But like taking all the wrong lessons, like you said. Yeah, there was already so much fuel for this sandwich because it started when the sandwich came out. The first thing where people were like, y'all, I think this is an alternative so we don't have to feel bad about buying Chick-fil-A. Certainly, there are many people who don't give a fuck, and that's their prerogative. And I mean, if you look at anything you buy, there's a fucking 80% chance you're giving to, to the destroyers of this earth. That's just the right. nature of the system. But like, I think for I think the sandwich thing became so well-defined for people right. that it just immediately gave people a side to fall on. And luckily, you know, Chick-fil-A, Popeyes came out with a crunchy-ass sandwich. If it was just a good chicken sandwich, I still don't think it would have had this level of pop. I think they like but, went, but I don't know. In. I don't know if you get the same buzz if it's not being used in the context of like you know, just contextualizing it as a thing as an alternative to Chick Fil A. Totally. Yeah. No. 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 I think sure. I think it was like four different things had to go exactly right, right. for them to get. And that's why the brand should be talking to us. You know, the triumvirate right. of three minds uh, yeah. to get your new. Didn't Wendy's try to sneak in there in on that Twitter? So thing? many so people did. Sad. And Wendy's. every yeah, and everyone got like just smashed. Yeah, <laughs> and when it was like, whoa, oh, like people, Zaxby's was like, y'all talking about chicken? People were like, get the fuck out, get out, <laughs> Zaxby's. Bojangles, get out, right. just get out right now. It's between these two giants yeah. because already, and that's the other thing, Popeyes already has like a very strong support system. Not maybe as big on social media, but if. You, if you know people who like their fast fried chicken, you Popeyes, you have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the president again. <laughs> okay. Uh, yay. So conversations about climate change, conversations about the fact that the Amazon is on fire uh, ended up being pretty prominent in the G7 summit. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, Trump. A whopping $20 million, I think they pledged to support. Yeah. And Trump being the leader of the free world. Isn't that funny that we used to refer to the president of the United States as the leader of the free world? Um, he, that is pretty uh, funny. He, uh, you know, stepped in and had some really interesting <laughs> thoughts on, on what Yo, he wanted to do. He fucking skipped a whole session with the G7 leaders to talk specifically about climate change. He's like... I'm doing bilateral, like, well, the officials from the White House are like, he's doing bilateral meetings with them separately, so he sent an official instead. I just think he hates being in the room where everyone knows he's fucking stupid and is going to corner him and be like, hey, asshole, get your head out. Because Merkel, he does not like her. Macron, he doesn't like him. There's just, there are too many people in that room that just make him feel small. So, of course, he wasn't going to be there on a topic he has no... It's he's in an indefensible position on climate change. Aside from him just being like, well, I don't know. I think that's what Obama wanted. That's not like that's not a reason. That's not a reasonable excuse to deny this. So at a press conference right before that, he was asked whether or not he was still a skeptic on climate change because he's talked about this and like just never really came down on a real decision. And his answer was basically like, we have so much wealth. If you look at natural gas, if you look at these other things. Anwar, nobody opened up Alaska. Reagan couldn't do it. I did it. And he's like, just went on this weird rant about wealth and essentially just boiled down. He's like, so why are we going to put money into solar and electric? He's like, those are losers. Right. So the argument was basically, I don't want to upset existing industries. Right. That's essentially it. 
there's an existential threat from climate change, but I'm not going to do anything because I don't want to upset these businesses. Because his brain isn't capable of conceiving of it. Well, and also he's just so fixed in the, you know, system that is this corporatocracy in this country that it's like, yeah, you can't just sort of unilaterally be like, I'm sorry, I actually don't think this is actually good for the country at all. This is what we're going to do because there's way too many stakeholders um, and just wealthy donors involved that can derail this stuff. So then the same thing is kind of happening with Bernie Sanders. He put out a very, very ambitious Green New Deal plan last week. And again, you saw the same kind of like real interesting centrist op-eds from the Washington Post because, you know, Amazon and Bernie love each other. Uh, but this a lot of these criticisms were essentially just sort of like, ah, it's not realistic. It's too much too soon. Where is the money going to come from? And it's just sort of this thing where they are not really looking at the problem itself because they're looking at things like carbon capture. He's like saying that is not going to work. We got to get rid of gas powered vehicles. That's not going to work. And if you look at the positions these like op-eds are taking, it's essentially like we are the same thing. We don't want to upset existing industries. And when you look at these claims of like, oh, well, it's just unrealistic. Yeah, there are things, of course, when you look at how Congress works, you're not going to get fucking $17 trillion out of nowhere because we're too busy throwing that away on defense. But the idea that it's unrealistic and therefore should not just be considered, I think, is the exact reason why we're here um, is because we need, unfortunately, we need unreal, quote unquote, unrealistic plans because the media and the government was acting like this problem was nothing and they refused to address a realistic problem in an unrealistic way by just ignoring it, cut to where we are now. So it's just, uh, it's another one of those moments where you see like, yeah, centrism and like, you know, the GOP and just there's, there's a fixed system here that when you begin to upset it, you see all these op-eds come out about why it's lame rather than like, no, hold on. Like we are like, we need to fucking do something really drastic. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, uh, Monmouth poll recently came out that said that uh, the Democratic field is Warren 20%, Sanders 20%, and Biden 19%. That's not the, you know, overall consensus on 538, but it does seem to be the direction things are moving. And I just think it's interesting that, like, the two people who were deemed, like, too far left by the mainstream media are are getting the lion's share of support because yeah i just think people are are done with the establishment at this point well yeah the thing is there are people who are just sort of like yeah business as usual business as usual and then there are people who starting to figure it out that business as usual is the reason why things are so bad as usual right and the and those candidates who seem extreme are the only people who are saying like well the business as usual is how we got here so we need to upend this to in order to Create something new. This guy would have us doing communism as usual. Yep. There you go. Business. There you go. See? Right. Thanks, man. Communism. (laughs) No, yeah. Let's talk about Amazon, guys. Uh, In addition to usual on Bernie Sanders. That'd be a sick podcast. (laughs) Communism as usual. (laughs) So in addition to, you know, owning the Washington Post, Amazon is a business. Have you ever used this business, Amazon? Oh, dot com? Yeah, Amazon.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of On, them. Online okay. retailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've noticed that like some things are slipping. Like sometimes there'll be like something shows up damaged. My family just ordered four wine glasses online oh. to our house because we're adults. 
Wow. And Daddy needs something fancy to drink his Diet Mountain Dew out of. Okay, uh, well played. But what arrived instead were two dirty wine glasses that weren't even like wrapped in anything. They were just loose in a box. No way. I swear to God. I just love the problems you're having right now. <laughs> I, I ordered four wine oh glasses. Oh my God. Two of them are dirty. Dirty ones? <laughs> it's so, like the slaves at the warehouse were all, not on their game. Ugh. Two of them were dirty and two of them were missing. Oh, so, oh wow. Just only oh. two showed up. Oh, and they were both dirty. Well, 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 well. well. But this weekend, the Wall Street Journal published an article that fucking blew my mind about how many of Amazon's products are, like, unsafe. Basically, they would not pass, like, federal regulations, and they're from what they call third-party retailers, uh, but they have like over two million third-party retailers, so they just can't possibly focus on quality control. And so people are like one story they tell in the article is about uh, somebody who died in a motorcycle accident because they bought a, a motorcycle helmet off of Amazon, assuming that you know because it is a retailer that is like a famous, well-respected brand name uh, that it does some manner of quality control and it just popped off the second the accident happened. Oh man. There's all sorts of children's toys uh that are like way way above the levels of allowable lead in children's products. Where are these third party sellers from? Just all over. I mean, they're But these lead filled ones. Yeah. I mean, they're mm-hmm. made in big lead. Mm-hmm. Big. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, it's anything from lead poisoning to like balloons that don't have the required choking hazard warnings. But these are things that you don't get with like Walmart or you know, uh, you know, virtuous companies like Walmart. Oh God, Walmart. Walmart. You just wanted to point out how great Walmart is. <laughs> what dimension so, are we in? <laughs> so it comes back to this thing that happened. So in 2001, most of Amazon's sales were from established brands that they had established relationships with. Third-party sellers made up 6% of uh, physical merchandise sales. And then Bezos came up with this idea for what he called a virtuous cycle where more third-party vendors who want to sell on Amazon would add more products at less expensive prices, attracting more customers, which would attract more sellers, And basically, it became this enormous thing where now most of the products sold are from third-party retailers that don't have anything protecting you from being a lead-filled motorcycle helmet that doesn't work. It's like making your way to a physical Walmart store, but in the parking lot are a bunch of shady people trying to sell you other shit. You're like... Oh, I, I think I can get it in there. Like, no, nah, it's cheaper, no, no, no. dude. It's way cheaper. It would be What's like deal, that dude? if they were selling those products on the same shelves as the other products. Because oh, right, at least it's yeah, lending its like, that legitimacy when, by oh, selling yeah. being sold by like, Amazon. So one of the like a xylophone we bought for our kid like is one of the lead things. We didn't buy it like from. So it's not like broke ass toy store or yeah, something. You're like, you're like, like prime that island shit. of misfit toys. I think it was an Amazon pick. Like an Amazon choice. That's when I know. Whenever I see that, I'm always like, no, nah, this ain't it. Because no most way. people don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, I can see why suddenly your guard's down. Because like, oh, of course. Thank you. You're not going to send my child painted lead chips. Right. You know, they said that they will make it look like on the site that it is from Amazon. That it, like Amazon basically uh, manufactured the product when it actually came from a third-party seller that's like, 
you know, 20 inches down the screen uh, in really small type. Oh, man. So, I mean, I think, yeah, one thing that they fear Sanders presidency if you're Jeff Bezos. Right. One thing they could do to, you know, improve this is just make it very clear the distinction between the products that are like screened and from like official sellers and the products that are, you know, more like going to a flea market and just like kind of taking, you know, you you have to be careful and do your own research to clear these things because they just don't have the ability like they're trying to do the thing that Facebook tried to do, that all these huge tech companies try to do, where they're like, "Well, we have software to like screen these things," and it's like right. that, that does not do it. Oh, really? Because there's people whose entire job it is is to fool your software, so software never works. Like people will always find a way, especially if you got to hustle. Like, sure, there are rules, but if you're really about your money, yeah, fuck a rule, man. You're gonna do whatever you have to do. So. To give you an idea of the numbers, the Washington State Attorney General's office examined school supplies this year and found 35 out of 41 Amazon products tested contained amounts of cadmium, lead, or both above federal or state limits. Damn, uh, school supplies? That's 30, sad. Wait, so only 30, six were not fucked six up? Six were not Jeez. fucked up out of 41. Yeah, they're batting f- 146. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't buy your school supplies from Amazon. It's fun to walk in the store. That was my favorite part, well, walking in the store, twirling see, around, getting school supplies. But this is where this whole system's all fucked up, right? Because you'd imagine the people who need, like, very cheap school supplies are probably teachers because their fucking classrooms aren't funded. Oh they're my going God. on Amazon to get the cheap and shit. And then they're because, spreading all that lead. Right. And then on top of it, it, it's just such a vicious fucking cycle where it's like, maybe this wouldn't be that big of a deal also if, like, if the classes were funded, but now right. it's like, oh, we have to turn to like sketchy uh, goods for kids on oh, Amazon, man. right? Because my GoFundMe only allowed me to get this much money from kind meaning strangers on the yeah. internet. Yeah, there's no it, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And we saw it, we've seen that with Amazon with regards to how they treat workers uh, in the warehouses that are shipping you packages. We're now seeing it with the quality of the products that you're actually getting. So. Yeah. Their official statement on the school product like reads like, have you ever seen that Dan Aykroyd sketch uh, on SNL where he is like a CEO selling wildly dangerous toys for children? <laughs> like bag of glass. What? It's just a bag of glass. Right. Uh, because, Character building. Yeah. The Amazon spokesperson says the company, quote, worked with our selling partners to verify that the school supplies and children's jewelry in our store are safe and enhanced our processes to verify the safety of these products moving forward, we welcome ongoing collaboration with the attorney general and other agencies to promote customer safety. Uh, so cool. basically they're going to wait to get caught by the state's attorney general. And, and then, then we'll work with them to figure out what ha- what the heck yeah, happened sure. there. Yeah, yeah. Our, my first radioactive teeth collection. <laughs> Something happened right. to these kids. Yeah, and it goes with electronic equipment. Like there's no really good governing body that's testing the electronic equipment that's on there. Uh, magnetic toys for children like th- that have been deemed unsafe because kids will swallow them and then the magnets will like connect oh, inside oh their body. Afraid. Yeah. Yeah. There's all sorts of. I remember that when I, I saw a news report, I think when I was 10 or like as a kid that was about that, like, and the children swallowed magnets. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And then my dad very vividly was like, so he just took two magnets. Like, and imagine this is one magnet right. and this is another one. And they're both floating in your stomach. And then, like, when right. they come together, he's like, that's your intestines ripping apart. Right. Yikes. And I was like, okay, I yeah. will 
I guess I'll take these magnets out of my mouth. Yeah, I will stop <laughs> eating magnets. Yeah, now. yeah. They just taste so good, and they make I mean, my fillings feel cool. I'm not gonna stop eating magnets, but well, you're an like, adult. You just one have to be time. careful. One at yeah. a time. Yeah. One at a time. Make sure it passes. Make sure it passes one. exactly. Always yeah. hold a magnet over your poo. Yeah. To know yeah. it passed. Mm-hmm. I've found you know a rate of three at a time usually works for me. Wow. But, oh my god, um, gambler. Yeah. <laughs> Gamble alert. Just, it's so fun. <laughs> Hearing the snap inside your hitting your yeah. stomach and just praying. Oh, did it? No, <laughs> they're in the same spot. Having, good. To, having good. to flex your small intestine to make sure. Oh, anyways. Uh, all right. That's probably off, we're probably joking about a terrible, like the a, worst a way you could die, that's like true. and then you just die of like sepsis. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, well, look, that's not our fault. It's Amazon's guys. Blame them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So I guess just don't trust products just because they're on Amazon. And the Amazon pick like designation, which I have used to just be like, oh, that looks good enough, actually is based not on the quality of the product, but on shipping time, cost, and- uh, And whether or not Amazon makes it. <laughs> right, exactly. Because half it, the time it's their shit. Right. So, yeah, it's it's basically the Facebook equivalent of- buying stuff. So I guess all this to say we can count on you returning to uh Sur la Table for your wine glasses. Of course. Okay, good to know. Of course. Uh I mean just these wine glasses though. We have a extensive collection. Um all right, I'll shut up. Uh all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And Hasbro is back in the news. I was saying today, Miles, this makes me feel like the Matrix is glitching Mm -hmm. because Hasbro, I hadn't said that word in like five years. And then last week, Hasbro was in, we were talking about Hasbro because they make Monopoly and they made this like really shitty uh, knockoff like version of Monopoly making fun of socialism. That was yesterday. Uh, and so now that Hasbro is in our uh, collective matrix mm-hmm. unconscious, now they own Death Row Records, the most important music label of my childhood. I've never been tweeted at or IG DM'd so much right, no. than when this came out. <laughs> I don't know. Did you see this? Hasbro right. owns Death Row. Yeah. What's going on? Um, yeah, as a headline, you're like, what the fuck? Because most of them like Hasbro is now the like now owns the entire Death Row Records catalog, right? Um, which is interesting. But when you really look at, it, you got to zoom in a little bit, folks. You got to see, or actually zoom out, because right now you're just looking at the deal and say, yes, now they own it. Really, what happened is they, yes, they spent four billion dollars to buy Entertainment One, which is a media company. But really, the reason they did it is because Entertainment One's biggest asset is Peppa Pig. Mm-hmm. And Hasbro is in the toy making business and it is huge in China. So for them, this is just a huge play to get into the Chinese markets with their toys and their products because now they're the ones that own Peppa Pig. One thing I did not know is that Peppa Pig has been endorsed by the People's Liberation Army in China. No way. Right. So, you know, you're like, yeah, this is, this is, it's a wrap, dude. We got to own Peppa Pig. That basically. is one person's decision that makes that like suddenly Peppa Pig has a theme park in Shanghai that opened in 2019 like it it's enormous. 
Yeah, and I and also because like they have their hands in film, TV, music, everything. They also have a sizable music division, and that just became part of the deal because they bought the whole thing. And they purchased prior to Hasbro the all the Death Row catalog in 2013 uh, because they were fully out of money back then. They also, man, the amount of acts that are on Entertainment One, pretty. It's not. It's not just like obscure stuff. Like they're they have their hands in everything. I know, like PJ Masks. Oh yeah, that's the other weird thing that right. they were they were pointing at. They're like, it's all about Peppa Pig and PJ Masks, Oof. and I was like, you mean TJ Maxx? And <laughs> I don't know what the f- what is P- Do PJ you know what PJ Masks? Masks? I just looked it up. Kids like superheroes, so what could be better for tykes than becoming superheroes themselves? Yeah, that's what's happening at night for young friends Connor, Amaya, and Greg. So I have been exposed to PJ Masks. I'm sorry. How a- long do you have to live? Uh, it's my hair's been falling out for months now. Yeah, uh, PJ Masks ex- exposures. Yeah, no, no, no laughing through my uh, nephews who are a little bit older. But it's basically a comic book, but it seems like it's being written by a five-year-old who's making it up as they go. Like to the point that I think they've figured something out that like just like taps directly during storytelling. Yeah, but yeah. well, it's all action. That just I'll read a passage from this book that I. Found uh, PJ Masks Gecko Saves Christmas. I was going to say a book I read PJ Masks Exposure and You. <laughs> Alette pushes a button on the owl glider and a gust of wind forces Luna Girl off her Luna board. Catboy jumps out of the owl glider and chases Luna Girl. Alette runs to grab the Luna board, but Luna Girl summons her moths. Alette, look out, shouts Gecko, but it's too late. The moths catch Alette. Quick, Gecko, she says, fly the Luna board away from Luna Girl. And then it just goes on from there. Uh, what? It's just was that? No, yeah, that's definitely a kid story. Like I do story pirates, so we read actual elementary school kid stories all the time, and they are just that. Where it's like this action happened, then this action, then this person did a crazy thing, and then there's a new action, and then make that a show. <laughs> the <laughs> right. moths let go of Alette, and the heroes meet up with one another. Gecko, are you okay? Asks Catboy. Yes, says Gecko. But I knew I wouldn't be able to fly the Luna board. Sorry. It's okay, says Catboy. Let's just go after Luna Girl. I'll let you fly and we'll follow you from the ground. Like, it really seems like something that a, a five-year-old, like, is writing. Like, it's just... It's, it's like stream of consciousness. Yeah, it's really hard right. to understand because they use the full name of the superhero in every sentence instead right. of using a pronoun. He, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's Int- a lot. Wow. Yeah. It is, Um. yeah, it just has this, like, you know, if I could just be a development producer for a second i'd be like first of all i don't know what the stakes are for your characters here right i mean you got a lot of names here kid you got a lot of names i don't know what the stakes are i don't know what's motivating these things do we is there a protagonist in this uh yeah it's the three superheroes the three friends and, and where'd the moths come from luna girls well has that's moths. her power also there was no exposition in this entire treatment no i didn't see one expository scene and i mean, i'm totally lost that's on me but mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. will tell you that the only inciting incident is there uh, ice skating, and they're like, ice skating's part of Christmas, just like Christmas trees. Look at the Christmas tree with decorations. The decorations are missing. Ah, uh, now yeah, yeah, we've yeah. got some. Go on now. And then they're just like, Luna Girl must have stolen it. Damn this. So I get it. It's all about this Luna Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. All right, we'll option that. 
<laughs> That's three million sound. I mean, it's an IP factory, man. I mean, yeah, this whole thing, man. PJ Masks. Wait, and what? Who is, is there? A person named PJ Masks? No, I think it's PJs because when they put on their pajamas, they turn into the superheroes. So their PJs are their masks. PJ Masks. Damn. Damn. You're, so you I didn't know be, we had Dude, an I read on. one wiki paragraph, wow. and there. here I am, and that's all you need, because that's what? How so, simple this show so is. So it's almost like referring to the technology of the PJ Mask? I don't know. Like yeah. PJ Masks. It has nothing to do. They don't collectively identify as PJ Maskers, Maybe. masking, maskatory. It's like X-Men. They're, you know. Yeah, but I know who the X-Men are. Yeah, you no, there's, it's three, like, there's it's three, like three PJ Masks. But it's, you know what I mean? You don't, Owl girl. Catboy. Yeah, they're Gecko. called the PJ Masks. Oh, together they are. Yes, okay. Yes. See, and I just thought it was a technology. Like if if you call it Wolverine, just adamantium. No, you know no, what I mean no, no, uh, no. helps his uh, that helps his skeleton be lit. But Miles. that's not who he is. No, 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 Miles. Miles, you you sound like a fool, right? Yeah. I t- see, and this is why I don't get it, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, shouldn't have passed on on Peppa Pig either. <laughs> I'm like, is this a recipe? I love Pepper Pig. <laughs> Pepper Pig. That's what you said. Yeah. Nice. That's exactly what he That's exactly said. Exactly what I said, and now I'm in podcasting. That's crazy. That there are other children's books that sound like that. Yeah. That just, wow. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess that I guess that you have to. No, but the ones I'm talking you... about are written by kids. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got That's it. what we do at Story Parts. We right. teach like kids in elementary school how to write stories, and then we take their stories and turn them into a show. And go back and perform them for them, and they all sound like that, which you told me was written by an adult. But it sounds like all the kids, the stories I read, that are written by kids. Right. I think they have a room full of children chained to typewriters. Oh, would be yeah. my guess of how PJ Masks is written. Yeah, and uh, in no way can I be sued for saying that. Uh, no, allegedly. Yes, allegedly. Boom, safe. Nice. There you go. Done. Uh, Boom. I, you're a lawyer. Legal. I, I posted a disclaimer to my Instagram, so you cannot sue me. Yep. I uh, do not agree to have my photos used by Instagram. Boom. Legally binding. <laughs> Let's talk briefly about Andrew Luck. You know, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL who announced two days ago, just two weeks before the NFL season was to start, that he is retiring. He was 29 People were shocked. It was it was it shocking. This. It was pretty surprising. Because what what's the shelf life of a quarterback? Like thirty five, maybe you can get yeah. to. Yeah, if you're not totally concussed out. He was seen as somebody who hadn't even like hit his potential yet. Like he was going to be like a a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Oh really? Yeah. See, I'm so disengaged from the NFL, but like I know his name. I didn't. I didn't know why people were. Is it? Is it a, for a con- controversial reason, or he's just like he's just tired like of it. tired of being hurt? He's been Damn. hurt and like rehabbing, and but he also said there's like a mental exhaustion to it, and this is not that uncommon. There was a 49ers defensive player, I think, uh, who had like one of the best rookie seasons at his position in years back in 2014. Like he was, people were like, this guy's. Great, he's mm. going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, and he retired after his rookie season because he was just like, it's not worth it to me to like deal with the head trauma and be treated like a fucking yeah. piece of meat, man. Um, so yeah, this is interesting. Like it's it's a definite shift because I think what the last Super Bowl, two Super Bowls ago, was sort of this generational gap where you had the last era of players who were told to ignore concussions, right playing some of the earliest generations entering the league who have been told from very early on to be careful with your head. Right. And it seems like now we're seeing people be like, let's see, what's my bank account look like? Right. Great. 
do I have constant headaches and like am I living with the like possibility of being completely uh, medically disabled by continuing to play? Yeah. Hmm. And in some ways, this is bringing attention to the idea that NFL players' bodies and lives are really, like, they're sacrificing a lot by going out there and doing that. But this is somebody who has dozens of millions of dollars, probably $100 million in the bank uh, already. And there are plenty of people who aren't quarterbacks who (laughs) are, you know, really struggling. And uh, it was wild the day that uh, Luck retired a fullback who used to play for Baltimore and was a really good fullback, but you just like that's the guy who blocks for the running back. It's not somebody whose name gets called a lot by uh, the commentators. Was on Twitter saying, "Need to tell my story. How my head is crazy and how football did it. Please, someone help me get this out." The at NFL puts paperwork in our faces, and that's it. I have to get my head checked playing fullback since high school. It takes too fucking much to do anything. My brain is fucking tired. At NFL. I need some help with this shit. Dark times, and it's showing. Fucking help me, please. Like, Ugh. yeah, and it's just like what? I, Did I know. They respond? What's going on? I, th- I think people are reaching out to him, but I don't know if the NFL is. They're kind of behind the curve on this. They just acknowledged that there's a connection between CTE and uh, NFL careers, and their owners are pushing this year to take the season from 16 games to 18 games. They want a longer season, which if you've, evil, <laughs> if you've ever paid attention to the NFL, like, you know, the season is way too long. It was like, they built the schedule when players were not, you know, flying around at 25 miles per hour and like 300 pounds of, uh, defensive linemen were like crashing into each other at the, right. uh, on their heads. So like the, the owners are pushing for more games uh, and it, it really just does expose that they don't give a shit about the players. It's an exploitative new plantation system, right? Where majority of the players are people of color, and they're putting subjecting their bodies to this kind of fucking damage consistently. It's a really a trip too because I was watching this show on Netflix called Last Chance You, which is about a JUCO where a lot of kids who are trying to get into D1 schools again because it's literally their last shot to try and get picked up by a Division One football team. Like, they got to play at these top junior colleges to get the exposure. And so many of these people have the same story where they are supporting a family off the dream of being in the NFL and are constantly having these moments where they're like, this one kid, he's not even on a D- – he's at a junior college, and he had multiple concussions in this one season – and he was like, he had to work glasses. He could barely focus and shit like that. But at the end of the day, he's like, nah, I, I have to get into the NFL. Like, right. I, this is the only way I'm going to make the kind of money that I need. Or in his mind, his only option was to subject himself constantly to this sort of physical damage because the carrot on the end of the stick was like this mirage too, where such a small percentage of these people with the same dream actually, you know, are able to fulfill it. Yeah. And it's just really, it's it's heartbreaking to then know. It's like, even at that level, man, they're just going to fucking squeeze you fucking th- every fucking thing you've got. Every even meant like in your brain even. Yeah. And then be like, thanks, man. Right. We got this, uh, we got that new uh, Domino's deal or whatever. Uh, and we, you know, very little support or consideration for what these people's lives are like after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Would people not watch football if they switched it to just like two hand touch or flag for NFL? I mean, I think. Are we all in it for people like bonking each other? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, like, if you're going to do it, watch, like, the UFC. If you just want to watch people just fucking, like, destroy each other, yeah. put it yeah. in that context. But, again, that's the thing. It's, like, one of those things where before it was all fun and games when, like, people weren't, like, there's such advancements in performance technology for human beings that it's, like, the people are, like, exponentially stronger and faster and bigger right. than they were back then. And it was easy sure. to be, like, oh, yeah, I got a little lump on the head here and there. But now we're dealing with, like, you know, destruction derbies where the cars right. go so fast they can actually vaporize on impact. Mm. Right. And that's the consistent, you know, that's the level we're at. And I don't think there, there's not been a way to fully reconcile these things. Yeah. I mean, they're doing things with the helmet. There was a big controversy because the best wide receiver in the league was like, I don't like this new helmet. It's too big and too protective of my head, basically. Right. And like he was used to his old helmet. And that was a controversy where it seemed like the NFL was doing the right thing. But all you need to know is that the owners are pushing to go from 16 to 18 games. Yeah. Um, one weird wrinkle that I think people are kind of talking about in the background of the Andrew Luck story is the XFL is coming back. We were already going to talk about the fact that the XFL is coming back. That's the the football alternative the f- league by right. Vince McMahon from World Wrestling Used Entertainment. Used to be Vince McMahon. Oh. Um, they had a brief run. When was that? 2000? It was like early 2000s. Uh, back then, they were like pitching it as like, the NFL is for sissies. This is going to be like the real tough, tough version of football. It's not clear like what their pitch is going to be, but- Really, coincidentally, I guess, Andrew Luck's dad is the CEO and commissioner of the XFL. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> he suits up in an XFL uniform in February. He's like, got to save my body for February 2020. Right. When the XFL comes back. I mean, that league was really like sort of the answer to like being like, how do we make the NFL more fucking brutal? Because they, right. they were sort of building it on like, dude, no fair catch. Watch these people get their fucking heads ripped off. Oh right. And now uh, they finally got their shit together. I mean, I know we teased it like in the first year of doing this show where we're like, yeah, that'll work. And now we're like, oh, wait, February, it's happening. now. And even in this article I'm reading, Commissioner Oliver Luck said. Right. <laughs> oh, um, man. The names are pretty rough. Like they need to work on their names. Well, they're all like meant to not give any. They're supposed to be as like masculine as possible. Like, right. there's no, there's nothing you could, you know, Dallas Renegades, right. Houston Roughnecks, oh boy. the fucking New York Guardians, the St. Louis. Now, Hawks is a badass bird. No, but not masculine enough. The St. Louis Battle Hawks. Hell yeah. Whoa. Um, Seattle Dragons, Tampa Bay Vipers, DC Defenders, the Seattle Fuck Dragons, and LA has the softest one, Wildcats. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? We're we're more than just sort of like our ideas on masculinity in this city. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. come together and we we create something wilder than a cat. <laughs> uh, well, Kimmy, it has been a pleasure having you. Oh, thank well, you so back much. Back on the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram at childclown. That's right. And I'm also on Twitter at childclown underscore. Because I got to say it, some other weirdo had to be childclown. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, man. I hate that. Uh, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, this is just a tweet from one of my friends, uh, Monica Vasandani. It's at Monica Vass. 
It says, uh, I injured my right hand and have to write with my left, so my grocery uh, my grocery list looks like the kill list of someone who absolutely fucking hates fruit and three different kinds of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I stuttered, but it's hilarious. And then there's like a pic underneath of her just like left-handed writing the word breadcrumbs, and it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> breadcrumbs. <laughs> That's what my regular handwriting looks like, so, uh, but I am a lefty, so it sucks. Miles, where can people find you, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Yeah, uh, you can find me and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. A uh, tweet I like is a quote tweet from Pablo Hidalgo, at Pablo Hidalgo. First, the thing he's quote tweeting is from the Associated Press, is breaking G7 countries have agreed to an immediate $20 million fund to help Amazon countries fight wildfires. And then his comment was, Netflix paid $100 million to stream Friends. <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, tweets with that same construction and also one thing i do want to point out it's not uh i don't know what the tweet is specifically but kimia adopted a dog and the images uh, please pin this to your uh homepage well i'm not gonna tell you what to do no check out check out check out kimia's twitter page because you adopted a dog who has one eye yes and then when you were cleaning up the dog's toys, you discovered that this dog was biting the eye off of any eyed toy. So yeah. if there's a, a squirrel with an eye. But just wh- one eye. Right. Leaving all of the dog's toys to look yeah. like him. I'll pin the tweet. The pics are up there. That is incredible. And look, if you're a veterinarian or something, a dog psychologist, Tell me what's why. going on? A dream veter- veterinarian. Oh, shit. Dream vet. Please Yo, dream vet. Tell me. a dream vet. <laughs> She's a, she's in Australia, I oh, think. Oh, shit. I'll tell you what's wrong there. <laughs> Bit of eye envy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so check that one out, too, because it's I, I just can't get – I get the biggest kick out of seeing that because it's so clearly just biting one eye off of these toys. It's so What crazy. a narcissist your dog know, is. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Eric Curtin tweeted, my favorite part of getting an oil change is when they're done and all the employees come out to give you a kiss before they give you your car back. <laughs> Uh, Dan Sheehan tweeted, fellas, this fall is all about Lord of the Rings masculinity. That's right. We're going on long journeys with the guys. We're swearing oaths to our buddies. And if you say goodbye without a soft forehead kiss, then buddy, you fucked up. Uh, (laughs) that's it. Uh, and then Travis Tug Helwig tweeted, I will bet $10,000 that a network will buy a pitch this year called Adulting. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. And unfortunately, I would not take that bet. Uh, by the way, it was Michael Trevino who said, let Eddie Murphy be his own musical guest, you cowards. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what's that going to be today? Uh, this is going to be a song from a Canadian uh, songwriter, Patrick Watson. Uh, great artist, if you already know. But this is a track, uh, I just like the title, called Fireweed. <laughs> but uh, the track is really good. I first saw it in a skate video from like nine years ago of this skater, Killian Martin. 
check out the YouTube video. It's called Killian Martin, A Skate Regeneration. Uh, and like, you know, he likes to do the little, you know, flatland tricks and shit like that. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it works very well. You, you wouldn't think acoustic guitar goes well in a skate video. Oh, it yeah. does. And also, yeah. I do want to shout out Patrick Watson co-wrote one of my favorite albums of all time uh, called Mafleur by Cinematic Orchestra that came out in 2007. I, well, I'll throw to that song too. I can't get enough. Uh, he has a great voice. This song uh, is fire. Yeah. And if you uh, aren't in front of a screen, you can just close your eyes and imagine me doing some sick ollies to this song. Sick ollies, dude. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow because it is a daily podcast. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.